Hello and welcome to episode 144 of Three Bears and Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with... Barry Neil. Barry, once again, the world is in the grip of Corona. We're not in the same house, we're not in the same building. Where are you just now? I'm sitting in my house. I'm sitting in my house, so we're about what, 60 miles between us, 50 miles between us. Maybe closer, maybe just under forty. Yeah, under forty. Uh, sorry, just under, uh, just under fifty. Sorry. There you go. So we are doing, this, we are definitely distance from each other. We're completely different postcodes. <laughs> yes, yeah. I think. Yeah, we can cheat on each other, and we're not going to get corona, so that's really <laughs> okay. Um, uh, like, did, um, so we are bringing. Are we out at home? Are you drinking anything today? No, I've just got a. Uh, a fruit smoothie thing in front of me <laughs> just because I'm potentially working tonight so good point yes um, even though it's only about 5 o'clock on a Saturday I am drinking I've got a blue moon here with me because in this corona world there is no time there is no days there is no hours essentially so yeah, yeah. you can I, I, to be honest, I'm very jealous to be honest because I've got a few beers in my fridge that I'm choking to time so <laughs> <laughs> it's like <laughs> They'll just sit me on top of me going, yeah, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, well, next week, hopefully, we can get into it. We'll do it at a time when you can actually have a drink during it. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Um, but we have to talk about it. How, how is Corona treating you? How are you dealing with it all? Uh, yeah, just intense is yep. the best one to describe it. It's, it seems like even, even now when I've cut back on... Uh, with my news intake, yeah. it really still is just at the forefront of everything you listen to and watch. It's just like, this is it. This is the only news that's happening in the world. Yep. For all we know, they're like, ISIS could be fucking oh, yeah. something and we're still hit, sitting here playing a room with fucking uh, pandemic. Oh, yeah, no, dude, that, that's the thing. Like, you know, what, you, you'll probably find out in about five years' time, what did the government push through, the, the like laws and things like yeah. that? Or what scandal could have broke this week? You know, if it wasn't for the fact that it's, um, you know, that this is going on. You know, it's, this is a perfect smokescreen for anything. Yeah, of course, of you course. Know, you know. Uh, so, what are you drinking tonight? I'm drinking Blue Moon. Oh, sorry, yeah, that's right. Sorry, yeah. I just mentioned this. Like, yeah, um, <laughs> we always Blue Moon's a nice one to come back to. You know, it's something. It's, it's not adventurous by any stretch of imagination, but we we know we like it. You like it. I like yeah. it. Absolutely nothing yeah, it's wrong a good with it. And. Annoyingly, right now it is a beautiful day in Scotland. Right now, it's sunny, it's warm, it's. I it's all. It's almost like a, the absolute tease. Yeah. It's like Easter weekend, long weekend, gorgeous sunshine, and everyone needs to stay in and the house. I know. You know, <laughs> which if, I'm grateful for because it means the roads outside my house are completely empty. Yeah, because almost empty, should I say? Yeah. Um. Because I was, I was, me and Joe were talking like for the last like. Three or four months we were going to the football um, up at Auckland Lake where it's been like raining, sleet, snow, ice, wind, or combinations of all five of those, and you've been there at a few games as well. And we're sitting yes. going, you know, see come April, see come April, May, we'll be watching games. It'll be nice and sunny. It'll be enjoyable to watch them. And we get to April, yeah, May, yeah. and we're, there's no football. The league's been cancelled, and we're yeah. forced to just look at the nice weather, which is horrendous. Yeah, the only good thing is though, it gives a lot of the teams. At least the junior teams, I like, get a chance to get, you know, regroup and come back stronger for next season. That's the only kind of positives I'm taking from it. It does, do, but unfortunately, the biggest problem is that most teams might, a lot of teams might not survive it. They rely so heavily on gate money. Oh wow! Okay. You know, and teams might be missing out in ten games this season because of it. Yeah, yeah, you know, that's a lot of money, even for the smaller teams that are only pulling in. Yeah. Smaller crowds, you know, that's still, you know, it's still money at the end of the still day. Still money. Know? They get sponsorship as well. You know, it's it's. There's a lot of teams yeah. in every level, not even just in the junior level, like, which we enjoy, but even 
in the professional levels that our teams are, you know, cutting back and struggling, you know, so it's kind of crazy. It's amazing how much the world's, you know, a couple of, I mean, we've, only been, we've only been sort of what, furloughed for what, maybe two weeks now, two and a half weeks. Aye, something like that. It's, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a long time, mm. especially because, you know, Italy and China, eh, Italy and Spain, they're still locked down. Aye. With no sign of them getting lifted yeah. anytime soon. So, it's amazing it does how, make you wonder how long is this really going to drag on for? Come on, that's just amazing how quickly things sort of start really having an effect, you know, how, how close everybody was to sort of the edge. Yeah, I, I, unfortunately that is the scary thing yeah. about the machine that we all live and breathe in. It's like, you you realise when it's stuff like this, you realise how, how fragile every single market is, mm-hmm. you know? Doesn't matter if it's food or sport or, you know, the cinema industry or anything like that, you know, it's, it's, it's all very much a, it's, it's always in a sugary peg. Um, yeah. And there's very it's few. It's always feast or famine. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, definitely, and there's very few places coming out of this who are going to come out stronger. Um, no, definitely not. But what we you can know, do... E- even, the, even the funeral industry, which you would think would be okay, they are running the risk. If, you, if they have that kind of line of work, they're running the risk of taking on a lot of like debt. If maybe like a couple of family members from the same household pass away with this... And if they do offer credit, there's every chance people will take that credit because not everyone has a couple of grand lying around no. to pay for like one funeral, let alone maybe two, three, four funerals. You know exactly. Yeah, that that's a big problem. It's just you can. We're all getting allowed to like you know you can kick the can down the road and not pay your mortgage or pay something you know this next couple of months and all to try and help you out. But ultimately, all those bills are going to come to they're going to come to roost yeah. at some point. You know. Yeah, so, exactly. So, you know, I've I've had tons of emails as well, all about it. And mm. to be honest, I'm kind of glad that I'm in a situation where I can keep on paying them because yep. I don't think it's going to get. I think I, I do strongly believe that this will trigger a really bad recession again. Mm. It pretty much already has. You know, it, we already yeah. are pretty much in a recession. And I'm much like yourself. You know, it's I'm very grateful that I'm still in work. I'm still working full time. I'm actually working more time. I'm actually working. You know, getting more hours and things like that. So I'm I'm. I'm, I'm okay right now, but I know there's a lot of people who are definitely not, you know, okay. Yeah. Um, so I'm it's, very grateful that I am surviving. A, it's a scary prospect of going, of potentially, once this is all said and done, of going back to a job that doesn't exist anymore and being told that you're not needed. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, the only good thing I could see coming out of my job is it might allow me to work from home more. So, you know, work's maybe realising that. I'm not really required to work from home. I'm not really required to be in the office all the time, which would be quite nice yeah. not to have to do that. Yeah. But that it's that's a, that, that's a it's not really something that I'd rather I find out this way. You know, I'd rather find out a different way rather than a, a mass pandemic that's killing hundreds of thousands of people. You know. Of course, of course. Yeah. 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 Uh, we, it's not good in any light, unfortunately. It certainly is not. And again, I hate talking about coronavirus because, like you said, everything you turn on the news or podcast right now are talking about coronavirus. But I feel to not mention it would be completely stupid and crazy, you know. And weird, and people would start questioning when we actually recorded this. Exactly, exactly. And we want people people to know that we are doing it, you know, week to week. Um, yes. So, but what we can do for the next, you know, 40 minutes or so, half hour, 40 minutes, we'll talk about some stuff that's on TV that people can use to try and distract themselves from the, the chaos that is happening in the, the world right now. Um, so... And there's that much chaos going on that I'm distracting myself while distracting myself with recording a podcast by playing Truck Simulator as we speak. There you go. The man, the man can multitask. Yeah, that's that's all we need. <laughs> um, if, if anyone's 
was interested. I'm currently driving to Greece. Yes. <laughs> you're, you're, your addiction to that is only similar to my addiction to Championship Football Manager. You know, it's just like I try. And, yeah. You try and explain it to somebody who doesn't get it, and, you, and it's completely idiotic. And you go, when you try and take a step back, you go, it is completely idiotic, but I find a soothing calmness that comes of from course. it. Yeah. Um, so we'll start off, first of all, just like I said, everything we're talking about is going to be streaming on various platforms. I'll try and, as everyone along, mention the platform that you can you can find them on, just so you can try and look them up yourself. Um, so the first one is so on Sky Comedy, which is Sky's new sort of dedicated comedy channel. Um, I think it's free if you've got Sky. You don't have to pay extra for it, do you? Uh, oh, pass. I don't actually know, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, our... Our Sky package has actually been switched off for quite a while now, ever since we bumped to Sky Dish. Right, okay. And we just haven't bothered us paying to get Sky to come back out again. Right, fair enough. Uh, we were able to watch it on the Sky Go app. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming if it's on the Sky so, Go app, then it might be one of the things that's on for free. It's a, not free, but yeah. it's part of your normal pa- uh, package. So, anyway, so we've I'd, got... I'd imagine so. Yeah. So the, prog- so the program is called Medical Workers. It was created by Simon Rich. Um, and the basic idea of this is it's set in a world where it's like essentially heaven. Um, and God has decided he's, he's bored of Earth and he wants to destroy it. He's going to basically shut Earth down in seven days because he's, he's had enough of it. Cuts to sort of two low-level workers who try and barter for Earth's future. They've got to basically show that one miracle can be completed, isn't it? One, one, no, one prayer, yes. can, one prayer can be answered. Um, and if they can make this prayer be answered, God has agreed to let the, the Earth survive and, and continue on. Um, main actors in, the, in, the, in it is Daniel Radcliffe he plays one of the minions um, Steve Buscemi plays God of course he does um, Carrie Sond I think his name is he plays sort of God's right hand man He's, if you know Deadpool he plays the taxi driver in Deadpool ah you, you, you know I thought he looked familiar when I was sitting watching this yeah. I just couldn't place where he was yeah so he, he's a taxi driver in Deadpool and Geraldine she plays a sort of low-level worker, and she's in a movie a couple of years ago, or maybe last year, I think it was, called Blockers with uh, John Cena. Okay. The one that's like John Cena plays a dad, and she they're all out having a, they're all out at the prom. Going to have sex I with don't it. think I've seen that. I'm not going to lie. I tend to ignore ones that have wrestles <laughs> in them because they're never that good. This one's actually got a lot more charm than um, the usual. That's actually quite nice because the the wrestlers are very much. He's very much the a minor character in it, but no, it's actually okay. Um, so yeah, so Medical Workers, it's only seven episodes um, I found it exceptionally charming um, I did, so did I For most of it It has a lot to, in sort of um, the DNA of The Good Place Have you ever seen The Good Place? It's on Netflix Yeah, yes I yeah. have, yes So it, it shares a lot with that You know, you can see The Good Place coming out Has probably opened the world up for something like this You can imagine some executive sitting in a boardroom going We need something like The Good Place yeah, and just it's, a thirty-minute blast of light-hearted comedy, not to be taken too seriously. Yeah, but absolutely. But with, with with that sort of metaphysical twist to it, with the whole you know you know trying sort of like standing outside of humanity kind of idea. Mm. Um, this was actually written, I think, before the Good Place. I think it's based on a, a book that was out quite a while ago. So it's it's not. I think this came before the Good Place. I think, but maybe just having yes. the, maybe just having the Good Place on TV sort of allowed for someone to pitch this in, a, in an office to, to try and get it made um, I thought the cast were all pretty solid no one's mm-hmm. no one's brilliant in it but everyone's very good in it I would say yep yeah um, Steve Buscemi actually replaced Owen Wilson for the role ah uh, okay and I, I, I kind of feel that Owen Wilson would be a better god in this 
world. Mm. You know, that, that kind of more... Yeah. You know, Buscemi kind of goes a little bit Lebowski with it. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah. You know, whereas I think Owen Wilson would probably go a little bit more like sort of, you know, he would go more Owen Wilson with it. Very slacker, very sort of Texan laid back, which I don't know. To me, I feel like when I found that out, I'm going, oh, I'm, kind of, I'm, I'm wishing I saw the show with Owen Wilson as, uh, as God. Yeah, actually, I did like Steve Buscemi. I liked him as well. I thought he played it really well. Yeah, I liked him as well. I'm just starting to fight. I didn't know that. I'm just starting to think maybe like Owen Wilson would have been the better choice. I I think Um, Owen Wilson dropped out for for scheduling reasons. It wasn't like he he wasn't good at uh, it. He couldn't do it. Um, And I I was fine with it as well. I'm going, oh, I like Steve Buscemi. And I'm going, oh, I kind of want to see the Owen Wilson version of of this. You know, so you find out, oh. certain, you know, so you find out, you know, like I Am Legend was for years in development with, with Schwarzenegger being in the main role. Wow. And you're kind of going, <laughs> you're kind of going, oh, I'd love to see the Schwarzenegger version of I Am Legend. That sounds like it really, you know, when you find out these, you find out these wee tidbits of like, you know, who, people who came close to getting certain roles. You go, oh, that'd been, yeah. that'd been really interesting to see who of who who of them, um, you know, how they've done it differently and how it was like how it played out, you know, with with the um, with a different actor in the the main role. Um, yeah, of course. Um, I thought episodes always zipped along pretty well. Yeah, I, yeah, absolutely. I found there was no episode that I didn't that I wasn't paying attention to. I found it it just jogged along nicely at a nice steady pace. Yeah. And, you know, just a thirty minute light hearted bit of TV. You know, I, and, absolutely fucking magic. Yeah, yeah. So much so, I ended up texting my brother in law about it because I knew my. Knee season him would probably enjoy it yeah. since they're all stranded in the house now. And it's all pretty. It's very PC. It's, it's not. It's nothing really particularly um, offensive in it. I would say for like you could. Like, no, and even all the kind of like slightly cruder jokes, they are still very like family friendly and very like child orientated. I would say like you know, it's like a like you know like poop humor and to- toilet humor. Should I say you know? There's no like sort of sexual innuendo really in it. There's no sort of bad language in it really. They kind of bleep all that out. There's a few nude scenes in it, but they kind of they kind of blur them out. But there's that's I think kids will find that funny anyway. You don't you don't see anything during it. Um, yeah. I- I, don't get me wrong, I was quite like taken back by that. I was like, that, like, I, I understand why they've done it, but I'm just a bit like, yeah, that's a bit weird. It did feel a little bit out of context with the actual show. You know, it felt like it was, it was going down quite a friendly, like quite a family, almost family friendly line. And then all of a sudden, you're listening, you're like, oh shit, that's a bit odd. You know, it feels, it felt like a bit kind of tonal shift. Um, yeah, um, like I said, I think it reminded me a lot of the Good Place and also downsizing. See the, the Matt Damon film was out. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. 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 Had a wee bit of that in it as well, you know, kind of that kind of same kind of feel to it, a wee bit kind of off kilter. But like I said, episodes always zip along nicely. It's only seven episodes. It leaves a nice end of the scope for a second season, which has got a second season. Yes, um, that's what I was about to say, yeah. Bit interesting to see where they go with that. But no, I, I genuinely thought it was completely fine, enjoyable watching. And like I said, seven episodes, a half hour each. You can pretty much watch it in a, you know, in, in, in an evening. One of my probably my favourite episodes was uh, one of the kind of later ones. I won't spoil anything, but uh, when Steve Buscemi goes back and he and he meets his parents, yes, and his other siblings uh-huh. are there. That absolutely, absolutely cracked me up. Right. That episode when they were giving him a time. <laughs> <laughs> like the terms of like, 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 the god isn't in some he is omnipotent, but he's not like the top level god. He's sort of like he's yeah. almost like the disappointing third child. <laughs> I mean, what even are giraffes? That was one of my favourite things. Giraffes are they're unbelievable. Um, but no, so yeah, I liked it. I'd give it 
for the full season, the dips, there's a, like, a pretty consistent, there's a wee couple of ups and downs, nothing made me laugh completely out loud, you know, hilarious, but nothing, there's no real sort of, I didn't watch an episode where I was going, this is terrible, so a nice consistent, I would say six and a half out of ten. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, I think you can do that, that's pretty that. solid. Yeah. Um, next one up is a Netflix documentary, one I think, I don't think you've seen all of this Netflix doc, you've seen some of it. Um, yes. It's called The Pharmacist. Uh-huh. Yeah. Directed by Jenna Frost and Julie Willoughby Nason, um, who did an amazing documentary called Welcome to Leith. If you have a chance to watch that, I think, I think it might also be on Netflix or Amazon. And that one's about um, this town, I think. I, th- I want to say, like, sort of Oregon, maybe? I think Oregon, and it's called Leith, which I thought, I've been more, if I saw Leith, I'm going, that's weird, it's about, about Edinburgh, but it's not. It's about Leith and Oregon, where basically these, like, sort of white supremacists come in. And essentially, okay. they make it a sort of almost a safe haven for white supremacists. So the people living in this town who have been living there for like generations, who have no white supremacy sort of like bent, and all of a sudden, hundreds of these white supremacists come rolling into town, just say they're going to live here now. And it's like, what the fuck do you do at that point? You know, that is ah, if you get a chance to watch it, it's really it's a really interesting watch. You know, it's it's, it's a really it's a really really good documentary. That's not what this one's about. This one. Is about uh, a gentleman called Dan Schneider, who or Schneider, um, who's who's from New Orleans, and his son um, gets sort of addicted to oxycontin, and he he gets killed um, in sort of kind of a maybe a drug deal gone wrong or a, some there's something his, his son gets killed um, and murdered over from what he sees as because of his drug addiction. Um, in the, in the documentary, essentially, he's, he investigates, because the police basically, basically don't know who was involved in it, and he takes it upon himself to investigate the murder and try and uncover it, which I was watching going, like, I've kind of seen this before. Like, you know, I, I'm, it's kind of, like, it's almost the standard Netflix documentary. But, yes. But what was interesting about it is that all gets wrapped up after episode one. Yeah, I know. Episode, That's what I can't about it. It's yeah. like that part of the story is just, like, wrapped up nice and sweet we're in about just over an yeah. hour I think it was and then it moves uh, on and up yeah. to the next story so the two episodes 2, 3 and 4 of this documentary are all about essentially he is a pharmacist he works in a pharmacy in town and he begins to notice the, the sheer number of patients who are getting prescribed oxycontinins which people don't know oxycontinins basically it's a pain relief medicine that becomes highly addictive it's basically like sort of heroin essentially yeah yeah it's kind of somewhat in between like heroin and morphine yeah. aye but it's very addictive and it's it, you know people are taking massive doses of this because doctors are just basically giving out like candy he begins to notice there's one specific doctor who's given this out a lot and he makes takes it on his mission to sort of like to shut down this doctor and from that he starts to sort of basically investigate and other people start to investigate the entire oxycontin you know sort of um sort of wave of like this company basically just flooding the market with these things and basically addicting the entire country on this stuff and then basically denying any sort of um any blame for any sort of addiction problems that were caused by it and, and, and sort of and he sort of looks into how he basically tried to stop this from happening uh, in America. Interestingly it's, it's kinda of in the last like couple of years also cotton have taken on a big push to try and you know, obviously to be stopped. This is set in like two thousand and one. So he was like sort of he was seeing this ten years, maybe fifteen years before anything was getting done anywhere else. So that's yeah, that, that's that's what episodes two, three, and four are about. Um, how many did you watch? You watched the first two, you said. Yes, I did. Yes. You enjoy them? 
I did. I, I really did. I thought, you know, it was just classic American cops uh, when it came to the guy's son. Yeah. In terms of, like, not thoroughly investigating yeah. it, as usual, you know. You know, it's like, oh, he's a drug dealer, stroke drug user, whatever. He's in a bad part of town and he gets gunned down, right? Okay, that's enough for us to write it off. And yeah. you're like, this is still somebody's son who is quite clearly not from there. Yeah. You know, it's like... How much? And he's obviously been shot. He was shot, wasn't he? Shot, yes. Yeah, and you're just a bit like, you know, how much do you actually like? Yeah. How much evidence do you need to actually investigate it properly? You yeah. Know? But like, I think what me and you both said earlier on was that's what made this documentary interesting. Like, we're watching it and probably we're expecting this is going to be the four episodes that can be him investigating this murder and trying to show the police for being idiots for what they are, or you know, for their dereliction of duty. And it's not that that is so wrapped up so quickly in the first hour that you're left wondering, going, what is the rest of this kind of thing to be about? You know, yeah. and that's what really intrigued me, and I actually found because of that, I found this far more engaging than mm. anything else that Netflix have put out recently in comparison got, in comparison to the, the, this stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, and I do, I, even though I haven't finished it due to internet problems. Yes. Uh, <laughs> So the engineer was meant to be here this morning yeah. and they haven't arrived, so to say people, I'm not happy is an understatement. Barry is um, suffering isolation yeah. with no internet people. That's how that's how, that, that, that is the worst nightmare for everyone else in the world right now. Aye. It's like <laughs> pretty much because also our skies off we rely even heavier on yeah. the internet for like entertainment. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Last night I almost picked up a book to read it, you know, that's <laughs> what the stage we're at. Yes. It's not your usual Netflix. We're going to spin this story out for 10, 10, 12 episodes, and most of them are kind of chud, and we can wrap it up quicker. Yeah, no. And this is what I'm liking about this. It's short, it's sweet, and it's hitting the right notes. 100%. That's what Netflix should be doing. See the way, they, see the, way the first episode wrapped up the, the case there? That could have been, they could have, they could have easily have spun that in other Netflix documentaries into the four episode or five episodes to try and break it down and make it bigger than what it was you know because this thing this thing, whole thing starts with like explaining what white flight is and stuff like you know when all the white people left the suburbs to go to these new suburbs because of yeah. new so and they kind of spun that into something more but you don't they, they give you the cliff notes of history to try and get you to the point where you understand what's going on and then they move yeah, the, why, the why that. such a shady part and why is there like they can nicer parts of yeah. yeah it's nice and then move the narrative along quickly and then they move the narrative into something else, and that just, to me, honestly, I mean, I know the story's horrendous. You know, him, the gentleman lost his son, which is absolutely horrible. Um, other people lost family members as well, and then you've got the whole, like, you know, the fact that this company, much like the kind of dark water thing we we watched um, recently, where it was just like flooding yes. the the nation with it, and basically then walking away, going, ah, fuck, we don't really care. We made our money out of it, and then we'll we don't really give a shit about it, and we'll take the the minimum fine for what we did. You know, when they, you know, it, it moves into that era. It just sort of, it just felt like it was just different in compared to what I'm used to, and that's what me really, and that's why I enjoyed it, enjoyed it, in air quotes, more than I have enjoyed any other. We've, we've probably between we've watched about fifty of these like sort of Netflix murder documentaries, 
and yeah, Netflix, I know. and podcasts and stuff. Maybe like a staple of Netflix that you mm. can almost guarantee at least maybe uh, two, maybe even three uh, a year. Aye, these kind of things. two or three every three months. I think usually is the sort of the going rate right now. So that's Aye. what I found. That's what I generally found really interesting about this, and, and maybe just the the a little difference in in the in the tact it was taking compared to the other ones. And like you said, it's four episodes. The first one's an hour, the second one's an hour, and like the next two after that, like 45 minutes. So you're talking just under, you know, three and a half, maybe three and a half, maybe un- un- well under four hours. Again, yeah. you can rattle through it in a night, and you can enjoy it, and you can watch it all, and you get the full narrative in the space of one night. Um, yes. And again, there was very little sort of fat on the bones of this. It, it, it does everything. It tells you the whole. It tells you what you need to know. It doesn't try and bloat it out to make it anything more than that. And I wish that I wish honestly, this with Netflix would sort of support more. Try and get to this kind of style. You know, if there's information you need to know, by all means get it in there. But don't give me so much sort of you know side information that, that seems just to be there to, to fill additional episodes. I know. I know. We have seen quite a few of those kind of stories. So I'm sure we've even mentioned it as well on. Uh, historical episodes as well where we've mentioned about the fact that we've watched things and then it's quite clear you've seen they've spun it out to get to that magical 10 episode aye. Before, you know aye. like between 8 and 10 seems to be what they're really pushing for you know so that, that but this no I, I generally found it very interesting um, I knew some of the story about the whole Oxycontin and pharmaceutical thing I knew a little bit about it I was unprepared for how horrendous that the company is you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're absolute scum. Oh, absolute, absolute scum. Absolutely. Absolute, just living on misery. And they've got a guy in it who was like was like a, a guy who sold it. You know, he was like sort of like, um, what's the word? Mm. He would go out for the company and basically he'd be the salesman for it to hospitals and things like that. Mm. And it, you hear him talking, and I think, I think number one, brave of him to go on. I think he's sort of, he has amended his ways slightly and he sort of understands what he did was wrong. Yeah. But to hear the brazenness with what they were talking about, it's just like, oh, that's just. You knew you were, you knew the money you were making was was because of other people's misery, and that to me is just horrendous. Aye, I know it, it just doesn't strike a chord. I don't know, is it the same guy who worked for Oxycontin that ended up buying some sort of like limited edition like NWA album or something? It possibly could or be. I, gen- that, I generally don't know. Was you, that you, another slimy guy? It wasn't NWA. It was, okay. it was Wu Tang Clan, I think, wasn't it? Oh, sorry, Wu Tang Clan. Yeah, sorry, my bad. But no, you're right. You're right. Uh, the album. I don't know if it's an Oxycontin guy, but it definitely probably could have been because they were making like money that was, you know, in like ridiculous money, like yeah. mad money. Um, but you know, I really enjoyed it. All four episodes, I think, well worth watching. Moves along. You'll learn something from it as well. I'd give it a very solid eight out of ten. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I'd give it that as well for the two episodes that I've watched. I'd yeah. give it that. But you feel because it's only four episodes, you feel intrigued to go and see to watch the other two. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. You're not you're not giving up on it. You're not going. Oh, I've got another like five to watch. And I want to know where the fuck this is going. You like in less than in less than two hours, this thing is wrapped up. Aye. You know, and that's nice. Yeah, yeah. that's that's exactly it. Um, next thing we can talk about is a movie that's on Netflix as well. It's called Extraordinary, um, directed by. You've seen this one. I haven't seen this one. So I'll, it's all yours. I will be brief on this. So, directed by Mike Cahern and. Ed- Edina Lauman, I think I think it's probably it Lauman. Um, it's their debut feature. I think they've done some shorts and things like that before. So again, this is weird. That's two things we talked about so far with double directors. Huh, interesting. It doesn't happen very often. We get two in a row, and we'll actually have three in a row in a minute once we talk about the last film. So it's, it's a hat trick of double directors. Um, so the plot of this film is there is a woman who 
I explain this the best way. The woman who can talk to ghosts. Her family has got the got the magic sort of like gift. They can talk to ghosts, but she doesn't want to talk to ghosts because her father used to talk to ghosts. He had a TV show, um, and but when she was trying to talk to ghosts one day, what she did basically resulted in her dad getting killed. Okay. Um, but there's another man who has been haunted by the ghost of his ex-wife, and his daughter has been selected by a crazy mad pagan person, a devil worshipper. Uh, to be a sacrifice for some ritual they're doing, um, and he needs to get her. He needs to get the the first woman to try and sort of investigate this and stop this and try and save his daughter, essentially. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's an Irish film, and you've got Maeve Higgins who plays sort of the, the main psychic. Uh, Barry Ward plays the the father of the girl who's sort of been targeted and the one who's got the crazy ghost wife. And Will Forte from Last Man on Earth plays the devil-worshipping ex-country singer star who lives in Ireland in a castle and is now worshipping the devil. Okay. It sounds insane. Yep. <laughs> it is kind of insane. It, in the same way that the good place... I'm sorry, not the good place. Medical workers exist because of the good place. I get a strong feeling this film exists because of what we do in the shadows. Yeah, you know, it's, okay. it's, you know, yeah. the, the, it's not a documentary the way they what we should do in the shadows is, but it has that same kind of weird off kilter sort of environment and world and sort of humour that's kind of twinged with that Irishness as well. You know, the same way that what we do in the shadows you get that kind of very New Zealand humour in it. This has got a very Irish vein running through it, you know, throughout. Um, so it's very funny at times. It's also very silly at times, and you're kind of going, and you don't know if you're laughing at it because it's funny or because it's silly. If that makes sense? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But in a good way. I, I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I actually, actually, very, actually did giggle quite a lot all the way through it. And I kind of like comedy that... I'm like Ghostbusters is the best example of it where Ghostbusters in itself <clears throat> wasn't written as a comedy. It was written as like sort of a horror thriller. And right, then, okay. the, then there was basically comedic actors came into it and made it into a good comedy horror. But ultimately, that uh, that film is standalone as a as a horror, and it's kind of the same with this. This film would stand by itself as a horror, but by the injection of the comedy, it just gives it a nice wee twist and it makes it, it it gives it a wee bit more interest and it adds to sort of the ridiculousness of the situation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, sure. All performances seemed very enjoyable. I I really enjoyed Maeve Higgins as a, as a, in the main sort of role. Will Forte is the only American in it. It seems he seems a little bit sort of out of sync with the rest of them a little bit. Right. Okay. You know, it feels in like terms of just like not really hitting his marks, or is it just like because it's set in Ireland and it's like a predominantly a British Irish cast? Does he just cast stand out like a soap bum? That little bit, but they do explain why he's there, and it makes some sense, kind of a little bit. Um, but yeah, his his comedy performance seems a little bit more sort of straight comedy mm-hmm. as a like his character is ridiculous in it you know like he's a ridiculous character whereas the other two characters the, the sidekick and also the, the guy who wants to get his house basically exercised from his, away from his wife they're not playing up the ridiculous nature of it they're playing it very straight you know like, right. and the comedy comes from the situation okay okay, okay. So that's why it felt it felt like it's kind of a wee bit a wee bit 
the tone's a little bit off, especially when they all come together in the kind of climax of the film. The tone seems a little bit sort of mixed. You know, you've got one people person playing it straight, trying to get the comedy just out of the situation, and you one actor basically pushing the comedy aspect of it too, maybe too much. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, but saying that, for the most part, the comedy and the drama aspect of it is pretty well balanced. It, it does, it holds its holds it throughout pretty well. Um, and it's pretty lean, as we always talk about this. We, we, we do love a film that can clock in at a decent decent rate, and this is just just yep. a smidge over ninety minutes. So, well, can't ask for more than no, that from a horror movie. It sounds such a, a like dying with faint praise, but if you can if you can just make a film in ninety minutes, tell me a story, and I'm out. I'm, I'm at, I really enjoy that. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, and we, we talk about it all the time. It's it, it just it just shows really good storytelling. You get ninety minutes down and get out. You know, you don't have to spend mm. two and a half hours telling it. If you, there's so many things we watch now where it's you just know it's like oh this is taking way longer. You know, take half an hour of this film, you got a good film. You know, this this is this is really this is just an enjoyable, decent sort of. I'm not going to call it an indie. I mean, it kind of is an indie to an extent, but it's not really an indie because it's like, I think it's got some studio backing. Just just a nice, well done movie. That I'm that hoping, nice. I'm hoping everyone who's involved in it, particularly the directors, you know, their debut feature. Hopefully, they get more, more work. I hope Maeve Higgins, the lead actress, hope she gets more work. She's sort of, she's an unconventional lead as well. You know, she's not the typical blonde-haired, big boobs, gorgeous yeah. lead. She's sort of a curvy-looking housewife. Nice. You know, so you see her in the leading role. That's again, that's nice because. It's, it's something you're not expecting, it's something different, you go, oh, that's because... Uh, it's like a break from the norm, because how many like horror movie, uh, horror movies have you watched where it's just some ditzy, like, blonde or uh-huh. whatever, and then you always run upstairs and you're just sitting there screaming at uh-huh. your TV, you know? And this this is not a horror horror, you know, I've, 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 I've maybe oversold it as a horror, it's not really a horror so much, it is, it is more of what we do in the shadows-esque, you know, just silly right. horror, but yeah, yeah. definitely really fun. Enjoyable. I watched it on a Friday, I think a Friday night, and just sort of sit back, relaxed, and enjoyed it with a beer. It's one of those kind of movies. Just, just you probably won't ever go back to it again, but in, you're in no way offended by it when you're watching it for the ninety minutes. All right, nice one. Well, yeah. That's good to know, you know. Yeah, so it's on Netflix. It's called Extraordinary. Um, I give it seven out of ten. Well worth a wee watch. All right, nice. Okay, nice. and on to the final film this week, and one that you have seen. Um, and I watched it yes. the first time two nights ago, and I have just about a minute, about twenty minutes ago, recovered from watching it. Uh, <laughs> you, you should have given me more of a warning, I think, before watching this. Yeah, uh, this is this is pretty heavy going. Yeah, um, this one was called Fourth Summer. It's, it's a documentary. It was up for best documentary at the Oscars this year. Um, it didn't win the Oscar, in which case I'm genuinely amazed it did not win the Oscar because. I know it did win the Oscar, and I think the reason why that won it is because of some Michelle and Barack Obama backing is what ah. got that the Oscar. But this, for me, I can't think any better. So in terms of documentary in the last 15, 20 years, never mind the last year. Um, so yeah. directed by Wad Al Khatib and Edward Watts, it's the, the both their debut features. And the plot of this film is very simple. Um, it's set in Syria, in the town of city of Aleppo. Yes. Yeah. Um, and it follows um, uh, Wad as she is, her and her husband, or boyfriend at the time, but soon to be husband, are setting up a makeshift hospital to treat the people who are involved in that conflict, who are you know, injured in bombings or 
attacks um, in the yeah, city. just in and around this city. In the it's city, not yeah. like even the further afield, it's just this in the city, city alone. Yeah, so it starts with the um, sort of revolution and it sort of devolved into how the revolution sort of succeeded and then was hijacked and what it's now become, unfortunately. Um, mm. During the film, she gets pregnant and she's now giving birth to a child in the middle of a war zone. Um, and then it's her trying to raise her and her husband try to raise this child in a war zone while also trying to keep a hospital going that is literally getting bombed on an almost daily basis. Um, yeah. I've talked it's a lot. Pr- I've talked a lot. So, what, what do you think of this one? Um, I watched it a wee while ago, um, so I didn't really feel compelled to return to it anytime soon. Yeah. But yeah, this is um, this is pretty much as close as you can get to what it's actually like over there without actually going over and experiencing it yourself one way or another. Yes. Uh, I found it extremely gripping, oh. but also deeply moving at times oh, as God. well. Um, you know, it's just certain moments would appear and then it would just absolutely just break me. I was like, Jesus Christ, man. It's like, you sit there and go, is any of this ever really worth it? You know? Oh, um, much the same as yourself, man. This is... It's probably close you won't ever get to a war zone. Yeah. Like, I, I have no desire to be in a war zone, and based on what I saw in this, I, I would not fare well in any sort of war zone either. Um, yep. It is an absolutely stunning documentary, which it shows it from the ground level. It shows it on the effect on real people. You know, yeah, you know, like these people aren't even like. She's just when this was, if I remember rightly. When this is all kicking off, she's just coming out of like college or university yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Like, she's not even like any sort of like cat person. She just so happens to have either whether it be one of the first mobile phones with a camera on it or like a cat little camcorder or yeah. something. And then it's actually our uh, boyfriend at the time that ends up becoming a, a doctor. He pretty much as a doctor or is training to be a doctor. So he ends up in the deep end really quickly. Yeah. Um, and then it kind of just goes on from there. But I feel, I'm sure we spoke about this when I had originally watched it, and um, I'm still going to make the very same point. It's deeply scary to see when the baby is a wee bit older, when it's an actual toddler, mm. it doesn't flinch when bombs oh, are going off. And generally, that is concerning. Generally it's like you, you still see the mother, and uh, sometimes every now and again you'll see the dad they'll flinch quite badly when there's bombs going off around about their apartment yeah. but the child just calmly sits there like it's absolutely nothing oh dude that was to me the most terrifying part of it honestly that that, mm. that absolutely broke my heart watching it and like I was sitting watching it at home and bombs went off and I actually shat myself you know it like jumped when you hear the, the explosion yeah. and the fact not she's there's other children in this film and then they're all the same they just they don't react to bombs no you know they don't react to, to the whist, the falling of the, the explosion. They just they move through this world in a completely not oblivious to it. They know it's happening, but because yeah, they've been just, born, they've been born into it, and it's their normal. They and, don't. And that is mental. Oh, that is that is genuinely one of the most it's one of the most heartbreaking points of the entire documentary. I thought was just that bit yeah, and the yeah. bit when the kids are all they're swimming or they're jumping in the water, and you look and you go, "Oh, what the hell is? Are they swimming in dirty water?" And they are, but then it pulls out and they're basically swimming in like. A bomb crater. Uh, you like, oh, yep. it's fucking, it's absolutely horrendous. It's absolutely horrendous to watch. Um, yeah. What in terms of the documentary itself, what I thought was interesting is number one, it's seen it from a female perspective. I thought that was really interesting. You know, it's it's yep. 
which yeah, yeah. I think yeah. one of the big things which she did, which she maybe wouldn't get with a, a, a male watching it, is there's almost there's zero focus on any sort of like soldiers or anything like that, which I thought was good. They're not focusing on mm-hmm. that. It's all about the real people, and she does focus a lot on the children, mm-hmm. not not just hers, but on other children who are like coming into the 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 hospital. And it seems like every time they cut away to like an operation, it's a kid coming through. Yeah, you know, I know. Yeah, that was quite heartbreaking when you constantly seen all the footage coming from the hospital side of things. That was quite hard. Um, just because, like, you know, pretty much almost 99% of them going into those doors, they were already dead, you know? Aye, the so family look, were just in hysterics. They bring the two boys, they bring the boy in, and it's his brother, and he's, I think, his cousin. Yeah. The young, and, they know, and you look at them and go, How, they look at maybe about 9 or 10 at most. Aye, at most, yeah. And it's just, it's so heartbreaking to watch, because, again, it just, it just feels that's their normal, and that's what's really horrible about it. It's not, they don't, the kids don't see it almost as anything. They're upset they've lost ah. their brother, but they accept that they've got a low life expectancy, and they probably will die because of whatever's happening in their city. And um, it, it is mental to think, like, how are these, how are these, like, kids going to be shaped as adults, oh. having a, a life of growing up with this going on round about them, yeah. you know, it's... It is quite concerning, you know. It's it's just it's absolutely horrible. Um, I would say this documentary. It, like I spoke about how I was kind of unprepared for it. I've heard about it and I've heard people talk about it. I heard you talk about it, obviously as well. You've got to mentally maybe prepare yourself before you watch this. You can't. Yeah, yeah. That, unfortunately, I kind of stumbled across this one on the uh, documentary subreddit on yeah. Reddit, and um, it was one of the ones that someone had just randomly posted. I think I seen it on like Vimeo or something. Yeah. Um, which I think now it's now on proper platforms, but at the time it was there. But yeah, so I was just watching it on a whim, and I was just like, "What in God's name Aye. is this that I'm watching?" You can. Kinda... No, I'm kind of glad I did watch it because it does it gives you a nice angle. You know, it's not all fucking. Uh, war propaganda you know oh. it's like, you know you think you're doing the right thing but then when you see it from this level you start going well i know we're there to try and like eradicate you know who we're trying to eradicate but you're sitting there like you know is this really or truly worth it you know ah. we're absolutely annihilating these places ah. and wrecking everybody's life and you, you see the city getting, i mean the city's getting bombed and almost it felt like every minute just bombs going off in that city it just, it just looked yeah. absolutely horrible and um, yeah like i said if you're going to watch this, don't just throw it on if you're looking for like a, a, a good time to watch a film or be just you're not in the mood for something. This is something you've really got to... It's all subtitled for a start, so you've got to, kind of, you've got to engage with that. But also, it's not something you can sort of half engage with because it is something that really no. should be watched properly. And if you're in a sort of fragile frame of mind right now because of everything that's going on, number one, I think, yeah, this, yeah. I think this puts everything in context. If you, can watch, if you see the world that's happening there, having to be yeah. asked... To be asked to stay at home and sit on your couch for a couple of weeks is not that much of a fucking hardship, to be honest. Um, as, a, as someone had wrote the first week of Britain being locked down, uh, someone had made a, a poignant tweet or text or whatever it was, pretty much saying, if you've ever got any problems with uh, immigrants coming, trying like the hardest to get to Britain, just remember, we were fighting over fucking toilet paper. Aye. And I'm like... Never a truer word has ever oh, been fucking spoken. And that's, in life. that's like, what I got. That's what I got from this. Watch this going. These, like, pe- these people will literally almost kill themselves just to get away from whatever they're dealing with. You know, absolutely, hundred percent. And that's what I got from it as well. It's like 
as much as you think the hardship we are going through this now having been told to stay indoors in a completely safe environment, I know a lot of people think, think it's this is this is this is a world where you're completely different, you know. I think this is going. I think this movie will be absolutely perfect to be watched on the last day of lockdown when when you know you're going back to work the next day. If you stick this on, I think you'll be in the right frame of mind to watch it. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, you're like, <laughs> yeah, you're like. Like, I don't want to go back to work, but things could be a lot fucking worse. You know? Um, but You know what I mean? It's like, you know, there's a lot of people sitting in the house right now getting an 80% wage from the government, mm. pretty much enjoying life, and all they need to do is not go outside, apart from brief occasions to go and get food and a, a little bit of exercise. Yeah. But let's be honest, you can do that in your house if you really try. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so for Sama... I would give it an absolute stick on 10 out of 10. After it was absolutely oh. phenomenal. Um, yeah. Like I said, it's something I, I can't see myself watching it again because I, I don't think I could put myself through watching it again. Um, uh, but for what I watched on it, it was just absolutely fine. Like I said, one of the best documentaries I've watched probably in the last 20 years mm-hmm. in terms of like, just like the sheer emotion I felt while I was watching it was absolutely just horrendous. Um, but generally, an amazing piece of filmmaking. Yeah, it's definitely one of those ones that like, I feel people need to watch almost yes. to understand what's actually going on over there. Yep. You know, because yeah. you know, for the most part, it's still going on the now, and uh, albeit a slightly lesser capacity. But you know, ISIS didn't just pack up and no. leave just because of a pandemic's popped no. their head out the ground. You know, it's yeah. like you know, there's still people over there, you know, fighting. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. what we're talking about. At the start of this, you know, the idea of like, you know, what are governments, what are governments covering up right now? You know, what's happening? What else is happening in the world right now that's not being um, discussed because of the pandemic and just it's all pandemic stuff? You know, Krakatoa erupted today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And Krakatoa last time it erupted, it basically the, it was the biggest explosion heard by human ears, and we're not discussing Krakatoa being active again. And I feel like we yeah. should discuss fucking Krakatoa being active. Um, but yeah, yeah so. And- You've got idiots running around burning down telephone masks because they think they're 5G and Matt, they give you pandemics. You if, know what I mean? If Woody Harrelson going on anymore in the world. If Woody Harrelson tells you to burn down a telephone mask, you burn down a telephone mask. It's <laughs> Woody Harrelson knows more than we will ever know. Um, but yeah, so that's us for this week. Um, so if you're going to watch anything, be in the right frame of mind. Watch for Sama. But everything we watched, I think we can agree was pretty decent. It was actually a pretty solid um, streaming week this week. Um, yep, next week we have got a few two films, no three films and a TV show to review. So the films are The Art of Self Defence, which is on Sky Movies. If you want to look for it in Britain, also on it is American Woman, also on Sky Movies. If you're looking for it, um, Three Identical Strangers, which is a documentary on Netflix, um, which looks very intriguing, and also the revamped, redone Jordan Peele um, fronted. The Twilight Zone that is now uh, on Sci-Fi. It's uh, I think you can download it on the sort of like the Sci-Fi app as well. So the Twilight Zone, which I'm a big fan of the original Twilight Zone. So I was very intrigued to see how the the new one, you know, sort of built upon that. You know, yeah, on the legacy. On the, there, on the legacy, because yeah. Twilight Zone was excellent, um, and Rod Sterling is an absolute genius um, writer and, and filmmaker. So yeah, so Twilight Zone as well as well. Um, but Barry, to be able to find us. 
sure. If you're, if anyone's interested, they can currently find me halfway down the uh, France main motorway, and I'm just about to approach Leon. Outside of that, you can find us at all the usual social media haunts at Three Beers in a Movie. That's great. I've been Richard. You've been Barry. You've been listening to.